out of despair. I had been laid off from the Art Institute bookstore once the merry Christmas season, including the mad aftermath of the big sale, was over. My job there had been to unpack boxes of books, shelve the books, and then smash the boxes and throw them away. Smashing the boxes was my favorite part. The controlled, benign destruction. Two white eggs roiled in the boiling water, like irisless eyes. The floor was sticky, so I had to unpeel my bare soles from the floor with every step. I thought of the movies in which people walk on the ceiling upside down. A cockroach was scuttling across the cutting board, trying to reach the safety behind the stove. I imagined the greasy warmth, the veils of dirt, the wires winding like roads. I imagined getting there, still clutching a crumb of skin after almost being cut in half by something immense coming down on me. I had tried other bookstores, but they didn't want me. I had tried getting a job as a waiter, elaborately lying about my previous waiting experience in the best Sarajevo restaurants, high European class all, and non-existent on top of that. I had spent my measly savings and was in the furniture-selling phase. I sold, for the total of $74, a decaying futon with a rich cat-barf pattern, a hobbly table with four chairs inexplicably scarred as if they had walked through fields of barbed wire. I was late with my rent and had already looked up the word eviction in the dictionary, hoping that the secondary obsolete meaning— the action of conquering a country or of obtaining something by conquest would override my landlord's primary meaning and save my ass. The frighteningly simple thing was that when I was inside, nobody was on the porch. The green plastic chairs convened around nothing. The swing still quaked under invisible weight. The empty flower pots faced out like Easter Island heads. A fly buzzed against the window pane as though trying to cut through it with a minikin saw. In the house across the street, a bare-chested man, skinny like a camp inmate, his shoulder bones protruding, his trunk striped with rib shadows, was coming in and out of his house feverishly, only to disappear into it in the end. I was about to lock the door when I saw the cat gnawing on a mouse's head, patiently exposing its crimson essence. And it hadn't been just the money. When I couldn't smash the boxes, I had obsessively read the papers and watched TV until I sold it to see what was happening back home. What was happening was death. I had looked up that word, too. The act or fact of dying, the end of life, the final and irreversible cessation of the vital function of a plant or animal. The air was oily and warm, and I stood on the street inhaling. There had been a time when that scent marked the beginning of marble season. The ground would soon be soft and you didn't have to wear gloves. You could keep your hands in your pockets, waiting for your turn, revolving marbles with the tips of your fingers, until a red line appeared across your palm, marking the border between the part of your palm that was inside and the one that was outside. You would kneel and indent the soil with your knees, imprinting smudges on your trousers, progressing toward an inexorable punishment from your parents. I had a couple of marbles in my pockets, 
plus an L-transfer card. Creased and fragile. A woman with spring freckles, towed by a giant Akita, smiled at me for no apparent reason, and I stepped off the pavement, confused by the smile, scared by the Akita, onto the ground. I let the woman pass, and then walked slowly, as if walking through deep water, because I didn't want her to think that I was following her. The Akita was sniffing everything, frantically collecting information. The woman turned around and looked at me again. The sun was behind my back, so she squinted, wrinkling the ridge of her nose. She seemed to be on the verge of saying something, but the Akita pulled her away, almost ripping her arm off. I was relieved. I preferred being a vague, pleasant memory to having to explain who I was or telling her that I had no job, and when I had one I was smashing boxes.